0: They say so much, but they never tell you if it's any good. Are either one of these any good? Sir? What? Are either one of these any good?
1: I don't watch movies.
0: Well, have you heard anything about either one of them?
1: I find it's best to stay out of other people's affairs.
0: You mean you haven't heard anybody say anything about either one of these? Nope. Well, what about these two?
2: Oh, they
1: suck.
0: <sighs> these are the same two movies. You weren't paying any attention.
2: No, I wasn't.
0: I don't think your manager would appreciate, I don't
1: appreciate it I not appreciate they... your ruse, ma'am.
0: I beg your pardon?
1: Your ruse, your cunning attempt to trick me.
0: I was only pointing out that you weren't paying any attention to what I was saying.
1: Uh, I hope it feels good.
0: You hope what feels
1: good? I hope it feels so good to be right. There's nothing more exhilarating than pointing out the shortcomings of others, is there?
0: Well, this is the last time I rent here. You'll be missed. Screw you! Hey!
2: You're not allowed to rent here anymore! Yeah!
0: Screw me!
3: Okay, everybody. Welcome back to the Dana Buckler Show. My name is Dana and I'm pleased to welcome back Jason Waters. How are you? I'm great. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. This is good. We, uh, welcome back to the show. It's, uh, I've taken a, we took a little break, a few weeks off in between, uh, watching the Batman and, uh, sitting down to, uh, discuss, uh, some other movies and, I got to tell you, you know, I'm approaching nine years of doing this podcast and I've done. Wow. I've covered so many different movies from so many different filmmakers and film franchises and interviewed so many people inside, you know, in front of them behind the camera. But I have to tell you, you know, when this idea came up, it just occurred to me that in almost nine years, I've never really talked about That's Kevin Smith crazy. Films. I know. I know. And, yeah. And he's been such an influence in my life <laughs> over the past almost let's see almost 28 years now yeah so you know i i, I couldn't think of anyone else i'd rather have this discussion with you know we're going to talk about all of his movies the the, the good the bad the questionable <laughs> you know yeah um so i'm going to pose this question to you and then i'll i'll answer it myself <laughs> afterwards but Clerks was uh, released in 1994. A little brief history. Made for roughly about twenty-seven thousand dollars. Smith maxed out his credit cards. Famous story. It was bought by Miramax. 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 Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And 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 though those who shall not be named um, (laughs) purchased the film and it was a modest success upon its release. But it was one of those. It was one of those feel-good stories about you know up-and-coming filmmaker. Uh, Critically acclaimed. Critically acclaimed. Yeah. And and rightfully so. But I'm going to ask you this, Jason. You know, when does Clerks come on your radar? And, and give me your, your initial impressions of the movie the first time you watched it.
4: So this is, this is what I love about my experience with, with Clerks. So Dana and I, we're, we both live in Ocala. For those familiar with Ocala, back in the early 90s, there was a really fun little video store called Dave's Video. And Dave's Video was a hole-in-the-wall video store, primarily VHS, Attached to what is now Hoharem uh, convenience store slash Korean foods. Yep. So I was working as a video clerk in a convenience store <laughs> when the first time I saw Clerks. I remember wanting to see it earlier than that because I remember hearing about how, you know, this, this movie was, it's a black and white film that was just, it was dirty. Now, when I'm, cause I, in 94, I'm, uh, 15 years old. So I'm really wanting to see that. And of course my parents wouldn't let me. So I think upon the first week of working at Dave's video, I popped that in cause I had a, a little in-store TV VCR combo. And over the course of about six hours, I'd push play customer would come in and I'd quickly turn it off. And then as soon as they would leave, I'd turn it back on. So, um, that was my first experience with clerks, and it was just, it was amazing. I loved it. It really was, and I think it was '95
3: when I saw the film, and I was still in high school. And again, got it from a mom and pop video store and watched it. And I got to be honest with you, like at, I think I was 17 at the time, and even I was I was shocked by the dialogue in the movie. Yes, you didn't hear that back then. Never. No, never. I mean, I remember in like 89, 90, it was like, like having bootleg copies of two live crews, nasty if they want to (laughs) be, you know, my brother and my friends would listen to it in a little cassette player, you know, like, oh my God, can you believe what they're saying? But I remember it's interesting because I revisit the movie every couple of years. And when the movie first came out, I wasn't the age range of the characters, No, I didn't understand, I didn't have the life experience to to fully grasp, you know, the the struggles that Dante was going through. And then I would watch the movie when I was 19, 20, 21, 22, and the, the movie so made sense to me. It made so much sense, and, you know, watching it now, I watched it two nights ago, it still holds up. It does, doesn't it? The dialogue holds up. The acting is questionable in some
4: parts. Well, it's a you know, it's yeah. a it's a film student film. It literally I mean, is. It, it, and it was for what it was back then, the dialogue overcame the acting.
3: It did. Yeah. It did. And it was so honest. Yeah. It was so unbelievably honest. And 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 I want to add so unbelievably funny. <laughs> yeah. It was clear that we had a writer in Kevin Smith who knew how to write dialogue that the average person could relate to yeah i mean i look at the example of when they talk about you know randall's grievances with return of the jedi you know (laughs) about independent contractors and just just those kind of dialogue that kind of dialogue just spoke to me so much these are the kind of conversations i would be having with my friends at that time well
4: and i and i i i'll argue that this this type of dialogue is pre-pulp fiction where it's it's just, it's flowing, going nowhere, but making sense. Um, and it's key. just, yeah, yep. it was great.
3: And, and the movies were released the same year, but you know that, you know, Kevin Smith made this. It took two years for him to make this film. Oh, so yeah. he was shooting it every other weekend when he could you know have access to the video store. But let's talk about just a little bit about... And we're not going to do this with every movie, but it's important to establish a few key characters that are introduced in this movie. Yep. Of course, you've got Brian O'Halloran playing Dante, our lead character. Jeff Anderson playing Randall. So there's Dante and Randall. This is really – it's really Dante's story, but Randall is his, you know, his sidekick. and His other hetero life partner. Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, Dante works at the convenience store. Randall works at RTS video. And some – I mean – I think the biggest laughs for me do come from Randall because when I was watching the film again, I was like, is it is it Jay that's giving me the biggest laughs or is it Randall? And I I really believe that Randall, you know, he steals the show as far as.
4: Yeah. I mean, to me, to me in Clerks, it was it was the Dante and Randall show with Jay and Silent Bob as just some background characters. Yeah. They really move on from there. But um yeah, to me, I've just. This was the Randall show. Yeah, Yeah,
3: absolutely. And the relationship advice in the movie still holds up. It does. It still holds up. And I know this. I I know this because I I can speak freely and honestly about this. I know what it's like to be hung up on a girl that was totally wrong for me. Yeah. And there being another girl in the picture that was perfect for me and me completely ignoring that person. Yeah, I know. I'm sure we've all been through those experiences. And I remember when watching it this time, getting anxiety, thinking about certain <laughs> decisions that I made in my life. And I was like, I was such an idiot. Yeah. You know, not every girl's going to bring you lasagna. We've, I mean, we've all the, got a little yeah. Dante in us at times. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. yeah. So it, it, the movie just, it introduced the world. To, to kevin smith and i mean well and i wh- think
4: it got the world ready for near nc 17 rated comedies yes i mean th- i don't know how deep we want to go into the language in the films but good
3: god and it only gets in some cases it only gets more i'll say progressive <laughs> as, as the years go on but I ask, I want to pose this question to you. This movie is released in 1994. It's bought by Miramax. Miramax is the indie darling of the 1990s. Ninth, the 1990s is, in my opinion, the last great decade for cinema as far as, you know, really challenging and good, gritty, independent films. We see this 89 with, the uh, you know, Sex, Lies and Videotapes and then Reservoir Dogs and obviously Clerks. So those three movies are always brought into the discussion as, as films that help to usher in the independent Era of the 1990s. Ironically, it was all the big studios that started their independent right, arms, yeah. which I, I got a yeah. kick out of. But Miramax was, for all intents and purpose, a true independent studio. So I ask you this question: Could this movie have been released in 1984? My answer
4: would be no. Oh, good God, no! no. If you know, 84, you still got you still got nudity, but content was moderated. Correct. You would never be able to say, "Come sluts eight. <laughs> in 1984 along with another 17 different porno movies on a movie that was being released in the mainstream. And
3: and I agree with you because I look at going back to like 1982. The third highest grossing movie of 1982 was Porky's. Okay? <laughs> Which is very raunchy. Yep. But not in its dialogue. No, not at all.
4: Nope. In fact, you get a little glory hole action, but that's about it.
3: They refer to a male's private part as a tallywhacker, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. But whereas, so juxtapose that with Clerks twelve years
4: later, where there's no nudity. Yeah, but the dialogue is so hardcore. Yeah, you're not watching that at the theaters and no, 80- no. Well, maybe not at the regular theaters, but right. <laughs> yeah, so
3: it's. It's a product of its time, but it could only come out in that time. Yeah. It could only come out in the mid mid to early nineties, the That's, early to mid nineties. Because, and you know, I hate to, I will I will not give credit to the man who shall not be mentioned. Um, I mean, I, I guess I rephrase that. I have to give credit to the man who shall not be mentioned because obviously, without him, this film doesn't get released. And he clearly was ahead of the game and saw something in this movie. And said, All right, this is this is gonna work. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna work with this guy. I'm gonna work with this director. We talk about the movie, it was made for twenty seven thousand dollars. After Miramax bought the movie, they put about two hundred and thirty thousand dollars into some post production because the original version of the of Clerks didn't have any music in it because Kevin Smith couldn't get the he couldn't afford the rights to the music. So <laughs> that that's really where the money was spent. They they yeah. they added a soundtrack to it, which is great. It's fun. At the box office the movie made three point two million. Kevin Smith really didn't see any of that money, you know, but what he did get was an opportunity to work with Miramax yeah. for the next oh goodness. 15 20 years almost oh yeah um so i think we can both agree that clerks is it might be his his opus it, it might be the situation of that's as as i don't want to say as good as he's going to get because he's going to make some other stuff but th- this still might be my favorite kevin smith film i know we're not ranking them but it, it may arguably still be my favorite
4: Kevin. i smith would film. say it's the it is the most kevin smith film of all of his films probably my 37th favorite movie overall. 37. <laughs> you watched 37 <laughs> movies you, in a row? In a row. <laughs> um I I I do I I love it for what it is and its originality. It's definitely not my favorite of his movies. Okay. Um but it's the one that's probably like if I had to pick one, you know, Desert Island, I would definitely take *Clarks* with me.
3: It's certainly a movie that if someone said, hey, yeah. we're going to watch a couple of Kevin Smith movies and Clerks is one of them, I'm not going to go, oh, God. I'm, I'm going to go, okay, yeah. cool. I can de- I can sit through Clerks anytime. Yeah. Anytime. Yep. Yeah. So that's going to bring us to, uh, well, let's see. So, Kevin Smith, uh, you know, on the strength of, of Clerks, you know, uh, Gramercy Pictures comes in and says, hey, we're going to give you $6 million to make your next movie. And, uh you're going to see what happens when a filmmaker who makes a masterpiece at $27,000, what he can do with $6 million. I don't even know what the percentage difference is there, but it's massive. Yeah. Of course, I'm talking about 1995's Mallrats. Yep. This is the first of many Kevin Smith films that I would see in the theater. I'm yep. one of them. I'm one of the individuals that saw it in the theater. It only made two million dollars at the box office. I did not see this. This was a this was a rental for me. All right, so I'll break the ice on this film as I I watched it again a few days ago. I I can't say it's my least favorite Kevin Smith film because there's a couple <laughs> that came out a few oh, over the past few years that uh, that are going to fall into that category. Yeah, but if I'm to look at Kevin Smith. The first ten years of Kevin Smith, this is the one that I'm gonna wince at the most as far as do I want to watch this movie.
4: Well, and I'll I'll say, um, when I was a teenager, I loved this so movie. So did I. I mean I I can't tell you the you know, the pretzel scene. Um, I I thought I, I remember bowling over in laughter watching this originally. And it's still funny. There were some moments it did not age as well as the rest of his anthology. And I can say I
3: haven't watched the movie in 15 years, but I knew we were going to talk about this. So watching this films, watching this one in particular, I said to myself, you are going to dissect why you don't like this movie. And going into this, I assumed it was going to be the juvenile humor. Not so much. No. Some of that humor works. It's a lot of dick jokes. A lot of dick, a lot of dick and fart, jokes, yep, as, dick as, and as, fart as, jokes, as they say. Yep. I loved, loved, loved Jason Lee in this movie. He stole. I mean, he, he, it, he, he became. It, it st- was his he, movie. He became who he is because of this movie. Yep. And I love him in this movie. But boy, I didn't like Shannon Doherty in this movie. No.
4: And boy, Well, I, well I'll, I'll challenge you this. I loved her at the beginning when she's complaining about having to climb in and out of the window. Yeah, and that's, you know,
3: compete. I did not like Ben Affleck in this movie.
4: But uh, our first introduction to him in, in the view world. Yes, yes. Yes.
3: Yes. I just had some issues with this movie and I'm, I'm still trying to d- decipher what it is The <laughs> the humor is lost on me now. There was a, there was a couple like open ha ha when I was watching it. But for me, this is this one really really does fall flat. When you go from clerks, which was such a contained and honest and truthful story to this type of
4: silliness and humor and it <sighs> well and I, so my issue with the movie is and I didn't realize this until rewatching it the movie is about Jeremy London and Claire Forlani but it's not because that's just that's secondary. So these primary characters Don't care anything about, really, it's Jason Lee and Shannon Doherty. Yeah. I mean, it's, to me, watching it over again, if they got together, they didn't get together, knowing in the continual universe they don't appear again, doesn't really make a difference. I really, I really thought...
3: To myself, that Kevin Smith is really trying to live vicariously through the Brody character. He's really trying to live vicariously. Like that's the that's the kind of guy I want to be. Yeah. I want to be just like him. You know, cool, affable, and, and 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 Kevin Smith by all accounts is. But maybe he, I don't know. If at the time, he really felt that way. Cause, right. You know. So. Well,
4: you mean, and again, he starts the movie as a loser living in his mom's house, getting broken up with. To the end of the movie, he's hosting the Tonight Show. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, you know, there's that. The one thing I did appreciate about this movie, and I didn't realize it until rewatching, you know, all these movies together, is the number of Jaws references. Which, as I uh, listen, I will take that. I will take that. I mean, I mean, Brody. 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 Quint. Quint. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brody's last name is Bruce, which was the shark's name. Yeah. And then he wants to propose to her uh, at – The Jaws, right? J- yeah. Jaws, yeah. right? I'm like – all right, but you, you get a little bit of that in um, in Clerks when Salsa Shark, ra- <laughs> yeah, Salsa yeah. Shark. <laughs> We're <gonna need> <laughs> so I mean, overall, um, didn't age as well for me. However, it, I mean, Mallrats is always going to hold. Any anybody of our age, so in your forties, it's going to love that movie. It just it's it's tougher as you get older, yeah, because you don't. I really don't understand that generation anymore, and that's the generation that you're watching
3: fair enough fair enough
4: so like we talked about mall rats
3: financially a disaster yep it's a disaster uh this was gramercy pictures that that had got on board with the kevin smith train so he had to go he had to go back to miramax okay He had to go, he he had kind of, he had kind of lost, he had kind of lost his way a little bit. Yeah. And from what I understand, he was pretty demoralized by the, by Ballrats being a failure. Like it was, and it really was. So he had to go back to basics. Okay. And by basics, I mean, he went to he who will not be mentioned at Miramax (laughs) and was able to secure a $250,000 budget for his next film. And this is where he had to call in favors from from the cast, you know, because this point Ben Affleck is he's on the rise. He's on the rise. Yep. Jason Lee, thanks to his very affable performance in Mallrats, is on the rise. So, of course, I'm talking about Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. Yep. Which was a up until that point the most successful film of of his career it took in 12 million dollars at the box office it was one that i did get to see in the theater albeit i had to go to orlando to see the movie (laughs) because it wasn't showing here in ocala when it comes to chasing amy with the rewatch i had i had fond memories of the film my my thoughts now as someone in their 40s watching it is that this is it's kind of a challenging movie now and the subject matter is a little bit dated but the dialogue is back to being that real raw honest dialogue that we had in Clerks. Yep. Although I will say I think the the subject matter of you know this is you have Ben Affleck's character trying to convince uh, a gay Joey Lauren Adams to fall in love with him and then she does and it's back and this it's it's a challenging subject matter by today's standards i well, would say well and
4: i think i think it was a challenging subject matter back then it was more controversial back I then i mean yeah. you know <laughs> just to be blunt it's the i can turn a lesbian
0: yeah
4: I, you know it's it's the the male I, I, fantasy of yeah. I can turn a lesbian
3: is straight. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm so awesome. I'll turn lesbian straight. Yeah, yeah. that's Which that's is, it. Is not not that's not a good. No, not a good look then. Nor is that a good look now.
4: No, no. Um, so my my experience with chasing Amy, I didn't see it until much later. I want to say it was, it was 2004, 2005. Oh wow. It it flew under the radar for me. Oh wow. When I finally did see it, I loved it. Yeah. Um so it continued that same universe that I was used to. Loved the dialogue, the back and forth thought and well and we'll get into this eventually with some of the later movies, but thought they made so much better friends than lovers and it, when you get to the point of Ben Affleck, you know, professing his love in the car to Joey Lauren Adams just I'm just cringing going, she's gay. Even, I mean, this is me almost 20 years ago going, you don't do that. Or, you you know, you say, hey, I'm interested. Do you want to try being with a guy? Just that professing of love was just so weird. And Banky in the movie... I mean, nailed it the whole way. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, and he was like the voice
3: of reason. He was. He was. He was. He was very much like, "Have you lost your mind? Like, you don't do that. That's yeah. like, a, it's it's not only is it not, probably not going to work, but it's in, super inappropriate. Yeah. Like, you don't do that. And, yeah. It's, and but uh, to 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 Kevin Smith's credit, the the lesson I think there's a lesson in here, uh, you know, because it doesn't work out right for them. Spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't. <laughs> Hasn't watched the, uh, the, the the Kevin Smith movies that we're going to be talking about, all of them. I liked this movie when I saw it, and I liked it when I when I rewatched it. Um, I, I think it's problematic in, in some areas. I still do a spit take during the opening, the New York Comic Con <laughs> opening opening scene. Uh, which I'm not going to try to, uh, recreate or mention. <laughs> oh, come Van, on. But I think is, uh, is, is very, very funny. Yeah. I think that is a great scene. And, uh, but. Now, you
4: also do get a Jaws scene in this one, oh, too. Oh,
3: you do. You yeah. get a, gr- you with get- a,
4: not, uh, uh, here's how I got injured, but here's how I got injured during oral sex. Yes. Yes,
3: and, and, and of course, the, even where how they're sitting, the booth they're sitting is just like the Orca. Yeah. Uh, and of course, <laughs> me being the DJ, I'm spotting the music that's playing during that scene. Insomnia uh, and K5's Passion I'm, playing. I'm, in, I'm telling you, it. I
4: don't think Kevin Smith gets enough credit he, for the soundtracks. He really movies. doesn't. He really doesn't. I, You know, re-listening to him, even the, the reboot, pulling in all the old songs. Yeah. I mean, well
3: now, done. there's one... These first 3 movies have nothing in common except there's one through line between these 3 movies. And at this point with Chasing Amy you realize that Kevin Smith is creating long before Marvel. <laughs> long before the MCU. Yep. There was the View Askew Universe which he is Yep. creating through the characters of Jay and Silent Bob. We haven't talked about yet that Kevin Smith does play. He does appear in all of his movies as his alter ego, Silent Bob. In those, Along yes, with yeah. Jason Mewes, who plays his, what is it? Hetero ha- life partner. Hetero life partner, Jay. <laughs> they were good for a few laughs in the first one. They were good for a few laughs in the third one. They have a hilarious... Hilarious dialogue with Ben Affleck oh and my chasing God. Amy. I mean, it's, like, it's will you terrific. shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> the first time you hear him talk, you yeah. know, he just, you know, he's like chasing Amy, and Jay's like, oh, well, he talks all the time. It's not a big <laughs> deal, you know. Everyone <laughs> thinks it's a big deal when he talks. <laughs> you know?
1: chasing Amy.
2: What? What did you say?
1: You're chasing Amy.
2: What do you look so shocked for, man? Fat bastard does this all the time. He thinks just because he don't say anything, it'll have some huge impact when he does open his fucking mouth. Jesus Christ! Why don't you shut up?
1: Was yap yap yapping all the time. Give me a fucking headache. I went through something like what you're talking about a couple years ago. This chick named Amy. When? A couple of years ago.
2: She live in Canada or something? Why don't I remember
1: this? Bitch, what you don't know about me, i just about squeezing the grand fucking canyon. Did you know I always wanted to be a dancer in Vegas?
2: Huh?
1: But you didn't even know that shit, did you?
2: Just tell your fucking story so we can get out of here and smoke this.
1: So there's me and Amy, and we're all inseparable, right? Just big time in love. And then four months down the road, the idiot gear kicks in. And I ask about the ex-boyfriend, which, as we all know, is a really dumb move, but you know it is. You don't want to know, but you just have to know, right? Stupid guy bullshit. So anyway, she starts telling me about him, how they fell in love and how they went out for a couple years Now they live together, her mother likes me better, blah, 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 and I'm OK. But then she drops the bomb on me, and the bomb is this. It seems that a couple of times while they were going out, he brought some people to bed with him. Menage a I believe it's called. Now this just blows my mind, right? I mean, I am not used to this sort of thing. I mean, I was raised Catholic, for God's sakes. Saint shithead. Do something. So I'm totally weirded out by this, right? And I just start blasting her. Like, I don't know how to deal with what I'm feeling, so I figure the best way is by calling her slut, right? And tell her she was used. I'm, I'm out for blood. I really want to hurt this girl. I'm like, what the fuck is your problem, right? And she's just all calmly trying to tell me, like, it was that time, and it was that place, and. She doesn't think she should apologize because she doesn't feel that she's done anything wrong. I'm like, oh really? That's when I look her straight in the eye. I tell her it's over. I walk. Fucking A. No, idiot. It was a mistake. I wasn't disgusted with her. I was afraid. You know, at that moment I felt small. Like, like I'd lacked experience. Like I'd never be on her level. Like I'd never be enough for her or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But what I did not get, she didn't care. She wasn't looking for that guy anymore. She was was looking for me, for for the Bob. But uh, by the time I figured this all out, it's too late, man, she moved on. And all I had to show for it was some foolish pride, which then gave way to regret. She was a girl. I know that now. But, mm, I pushed her away. So I've spent every day since then chasing Amy.
3: Love the thing, the thing, that piece of dialogue that Kevin Smith gives to Ben Affleck's character so resonated with me about no, how important it is not to judge somebody based on their past, things <clears throat> that they've done in their past. Yeah, because the conceit of the movie is that things are going really well between Ben Affleck and Joey Lord Adams until he finds out about a, uh, notorious nickname that she has from her high school days. Um, and basically she was involved in a three way and everybody knew about it. And Ben, it was, it was so tormenting Ben Affleck that it was, that, that guy makes an appearance in clerks too. Yes. Rick, Rick Rick Darris. Rick (laughs) (laughs) Darris. finger cuffs. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, but, you know, when Kevin Smith gives the, the monologue to him about Chasing Amy, about, you know, you get the title, you know, that that clicked with me. Yeah. And, and that that forever, I won't say forever changed me because I just saw it at the right age. I think I was uh, 19 at the time. And I would recall that I would think back to that if I was in a relationship with somebody and I would hear. You know, even if she would say, oh, yeah, you know, I used to date this person. I'd be like, you can't let it bother you. There's nothing you can
4: do about it. And the other good relationship advice that you get out of that movie is never suggest a threesome. Never. (laughs) (laughs) Even if it's two chicks or two dudes. And I think that's another prevalent theme throughout some of his movies. It's not going to work out well for you.
3: No, no. Um, like I said, this movie went on to make $12 million, which is quite the haul. Yep. That doesn't count the uh, the home video. Home video was still a pretty big deal. And it was really, really well-reviewed. Yes. Uh, the critical reception on it was strong. Still, as of today, has a 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, Roger Ebert gave it 3.5 out of 4 stars, saying, quote, Well, the surface of his film sparkles with sharp, ironic dialogue. Deeper issues are forming, and Chasing Amy develops into a film of touching insights. Most romantic comedies place phony obstacles in the way of true love. But Smith knows that at some levels, there's nothing funny about being in love. It's a dead serious business in which you're, in which your entire being is at risk.
4: I mean, who writes yeah. better reviews than Roger Ebert? I right. mean, but, but he's right. Yeah, he's right. Very, very much so. And I think I remember reading somewhere that this week is the 25th anniversary of the movie's release. Yeah. I mean, twenty-five years—that's—that's that's wild. Still problematic, but uh, and I just want to—I want to put it out there. Well, and I'll say this, and I'll give this to Kevin Smith. Um, he, again, we'll get into it later, but he wraps up everything in the reboot. So all these issues, all these problems, all these questions that are lingering—that you know, how can you make a movie like this? How can you tell a story like this? When you get to the reboot, it's like, oh, yeah, we fixed that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah well. it's, just a, it's a Band-Aid. Uh, so, okay. All right. All right. Fair
3: enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. So, Chasing Amy is successful. Makes money for Miramax. His next movie was the first one that was going to be really ripe with controversy. This is off the world. This is the first time... And I'm going to tell you, I experienced this firsthand here in Ocala. My friend Joey and I, this is 1999. It's like October, November, somewhere around that time, 99. And by the way, I've said it. I don't want to sound like I'm a broken record. 1999 was an amazing year for film. It really was. Every week you were seeing fantastic movies, week after
4: week after week. Hollywood 16 was opening. that's, That's where I saw
3: this. Yeah. Yeah. So... The famous Regal Cinema had just recently opened in, uh, and that's uh, you know we've Jason I've, I've, him and I have seen ten minutes of a movie there together, <laughs> um, but I remember my friend Joey said, Listen, "There's a new Kevin Smith movie out. Let's go see it." This is pre-internet. I mean, well, it's rudimentary internet. I didn't even see a trailer for this movie, but all you had to tell me was, "There's a new Kevin Smith movie. that's yep. in the theater. Let's go." As we park, there were people outside handing out flyers about I, why you shouldn't see this movie. When I movie. went, there were
4: protesters there. There was
3: protesters. Yeah. There, 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 these people, I remember they being very nice. And they're like, hi, are you coming to see Dogma? I'm like, yeah, you should really read this before you go see it. Yeah. And I'm like, it was the Anti-Catholic Defamation League or something. Something like, I don't remember. I, I wish I wish to God I would have kept that flyer.
4: Well, and I think at this same time in Ocala, too, um, that Trinity – Catholic high school had just been built.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: <clears throat> so the Catholic church was just, you know, bulldozing into Ocala. Yeah. So what was, there was, there were no, there were no lack of, of people ready and willing to go and, and protest the movie.
3: And, you know, one of the things I get a kick out of is, is hearing Kevin Smith talk about how he protested his own movie. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 he joined a group of protesters in New Jersey when they were protesting his film and they didn't realize it was him. <laughs> I just think that's, that's, that's amazing. But, and, uh, just to circle back to chasing Amy real quick, I, I just want to make sure we're going down the list. So you give a recommendation to clerks. I, I, I yep. want to do this as sort of a film guide to someone who's never watched Kevin Smith films before. So do you give a recommendation for mall rats? Um, no. Okay. Do you give a recommendation for chasing Amy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So yeah. we're on, we're on to dogma. Dogma again. He's calling in favors because Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, Goodwill hunting has been out for two years. Affleck's already done Armageddon. He's making money. Yep. This movie had a $10 million budget. So the biggest budget that he's worked with. Listen to the cast. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Linda Florentino, Selma Hyatt, Jason Lee, Jason Mewes, Alan Rickman, Chris Rock. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. Janine Garofalo. I mean, there's there's, this. I had no idea what this movie was about. I didn't know what oh, it really? was about. No, I had okay. no clue what this movie was about. <sighs> and I'm so happy to have experienced <laughs> it under, those, under that guise of like, I don't even know what this is about. So, and it's still in the same universe it's as in the, the view, first three. Yeah, it's in the view. But so this movie opens up with George Carlin. Yes. Given the speech uh. introducing the Buddy Christ. And I remember when they unveiled the Buddy Christ, the, you could hear... I just wish the... Yeah. yeah, you could hear me laughing throughout the entire fucking complex. Yes. And I knew I was in for one hell of a ride. Yeah. And Dogma is such a such a departure from what he had done before. So he fumbled the ball with Mallrats with a big budget, but he went all in on this one. And this has
4: got some of the sharpest dialogue that he's ever written. It does. And I, I will say, um, and I think I told you before, like I, I was like, all right, of all of the Kevin Smith movies, I've got to rewatch Dogma. Right. And I'm like, all right, I've got iTunes, Hulu, Netflix, HBO, all right. Who's got dogma? How do I get it? It's not available. No. The, you know, the Weinsteins own it, whatever the Catholic Church is paying them to keep it. Who knows? Um, luckily, it's still readily available through piracy on YouTube.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's 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 you just put I'm not, not condoning piracy, but uh, I mean, no one's making money off this movie right now, so you're not no. taking you're not taking money away from anybody. It's it's available on multiple channels on YouTube.
4: This is this is one of my all time favorite movies. I loved, I loved the dialogue. I loved the story. I mean, there's the plot that goes into it. You don't even understand where it's going until you get towards the end, and then it's like, oh, I know what the I know what the what the driving factor was, but there's just so much that comes out later. And it's just – it's really a – of all of his writing efforts, I think this is my favorite one for the narrative.
3: This movie is never boring.
4: No. It, it, it,
3: you jump through – you you visit with different characters. You've got Affleck and Damon on yeah. a quest to get to New Jersey. You've got Lyndon Florentino and, and Jay and Simon Bob going to <laughs> – Which is just amazing. Which is a, a, amazing. and then And then, you know, 30 minutes into the movie – or I should say 20 minutes of the movie, you get Alan Rickman. Yeah. 30 minutes into the movie, you get Chris Rock. Yep. I mean, you're never bored. The dialogue is always so sharp. And I think that can be said about most Kevin Smith films is that, well, at least in this first tenure. Yeah. That the dialogue is always so, like, for I, a first time viewing, you're... you're You are engaged from start
4: to finish. My my only criticism of some of the dialogue is, and maybe this is where you need a much longer movie. There was a lot to explain in this. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's Catholicism that needs just an overall explanation. You need to understand the backstory of a lot of these characters. I mean, Chris Rock trying to explain that he's the 13th apostle. I mean, that requires a whole lot of. Explanation.
3: So there's a lot of exposition scenes in this movie. Yeah, there is. There's and each character comes on board to basically give you more exposition. Yeah, and I I was not. I did not come up in a religious household, so I certainly knew nothing about Catholic, you know, dogma <laughs> or dogma. So, so I I took it as. I don't know, but why were people so upset about this movie? That's what I've always tried to understand. I think that people were protesting never actually saw the movie because I think it's a very pro. Religion
4: movie, uh, so it does. To me, it does make fun of some of the Catholic the hypocrisies. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you get a character who's uh, you know the main character, Linda Fiorentino's character, works in an abortion clinic. Yes, um, and <laughs> and, she's the last Saya. Yeah, and she's <laughs> the last descendant of Jesus, um, and she is a she doubts her faith the entire movie literally right up until the end so to me this should be a catholic renewal like hey let's see what happens when we try to make things meet the current standards everything's fucked up we just you know this should be a hey catholicism not catholicism wow let's just keep catholicism going
3: I don't think this is an anti God movie. No. An anti faith movie. No. I I, I don't. And I, I say that as somebody who's not very spiritual. I, I, I didn't come away from this going he's making fun
4: of God. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a non spiritual person and that's the whole thing through the movie is, you know, focus on ideas, not just Right. And I don't want to go down I, the rabbit hole yeah. of of, you know, but here in America,
3: we have a lot of <laughs> interesting, different religious sects. So well, let's yeah, put it we'll, that way. We'll get into that in red state. Um, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Dogma made $44 million. So his and, – and obviously, we're giving this a strong oh, recommendation. Oh, absolutely. Strong yeah. recommendation. Yeah, I'm, I'm Love absolutely, it. Easy Love to find. It. Easy to find. YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, it's going to be very easy to find. No ads if you do YouTube premium. Just putting that out there. I didn't do YouTube Premium, and I got zero ads. Oh, no, see, see, there you go. Um, so this is a successful movie. Yep, this is by by all standards, good movie. I really loved it. Saw it twice in the theater. Yep, um, absolutely loved it. Was really on board for what he was going to do next. And he's going to take a couple years off. He's going to come back in two thousand and one, and we talked about the the View Askew universe. I like to use this comparison. So the first four Kevin Smith movies are kind of the first four Marvel movies. And then Jay and Silent Bob right back is the Avengers movie of the view. Ask you. <laughs> that's that's a good way of putting it. Okay. Because it's callback to all the different characters. They're all coming back on screen. And this one had a budget. This one had a budget twenty two million dollars. Wow. That is a that is a lot of money. But at this point, you you can't really call in favors anymore. Of yeah. Kevin Smith, uh, of Ben Affleck, and you know, but they're very they're very rarely in the movie. They've got more more bit parts than anything. But um, Miramax went all in on this one, $22 dollars, multiple locations, and again, just to talk a little bit about the cast. I was here. To say go to the cast. All right, let just... me just, let me just burn through this cast real quick. Okay. Yeah jason muse kevin smith ben affleck jeff anderson brian o'halloran o'halloran so there's there's your clerks guys right mm-hmm. there shannon elizabeth justice <laughs> elijah dushku uh ali lauder uh jennifer schwal i how do I, i'm always pronounce her name correct incorrect that's jennifer schwallenbach that's his wife that's his wife yeah yep. Will Farrell, Jason Lee, Matt Damon, Judd Nelson, George Carlin, Carrie Fisher, Sean William Scott, John Stewart, Tracy Morgan, Gus Van Zandt, Chris Rock, Jamie Kennedy, <laughs> Wes Craven, Shannon Doherty, Mark Hamill, yep. uh, James Van Der Beek, Jason Biggs, Morris Day, <laughs> Walter Flanagan, Renee Humphrey, Joey Lauren Adams, Dwight Eller, Scott Williams Winters, Adam Carolla, and Alanis Morissette. <laughs> yep. Now I know why the movie cost $22 million because even at, you know, minimum fees yeah. for the union. <laughs> 100000 each, yeah. Let me give you my thoughts on this movie real quick because this was released in August of 2001. My friends and I were all in. And it did not disappoint 23-year-old Dana. <laughs> it did not disappoint. It was a laugh a minute. It was a riot. The The... The references to not only his movies, but other movies, the cameos, the, the rude, raunchy, suggestive dialogue, everything about it worked for 23 year old Dana. You definitely.
4: Yeah. For me, I was stoned out of my mind when I saw it. Yeah. And it was great. It was, to me, it was this generation's version of Cheech and Chong. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It was just, it was, it was fun. It was irreverent. There th- it wasn't, it was, this movie was not out to win an Academy no. Award. No. This was a, and I think I've seen it in some of Kevin Smith's statements. Just, it was a silly, fun movie to make. F- filled with dick and fart
3: jokes. Dick and fart jokes. I feel like, and I, 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 I'm i assuming that, well, he was He was so baked while writing the script <laughs> That whatever came into his mind, he just put on the page, and he yeah. had the budget to do it. Like let's you know, you know, this is Man. missing yeah. an orangutan. Yeah. <laughs> let's have a Scooby Doo van in here real yeah. quick, all right? You know, let's <laughs> let's just go with it. Love this movie. I I, I think I was the the target audience yeah. for when this came out. 22, 23 years old was up to date <laughs> with kevin smith had been following his career this is this is the you know this is the big this is the reunion he's yeah. bringing it all back full circle and it landed so much of it landed for me how about the rewatch who i'll tell you and i'm i went into this <laughs> like i went into this like, oh, this is going to be one of the fun ones because there was a few on this list, and I was like, oh, I don't really want to watch this, but I've been half. I only
4: had I only had one
3: that I I couldn't rewatch. I but. was like I was like I can't. I, I, I was excited. I was like, oh no, this is this. I had so much fun with this twenty one years ago. I sat there in my living room, stone faced, almost the entire time, <laughs> yeah. asking myself, how on earth did you think this was funny? <laughs> there was a couple moments. There's a couple one liners like. The Will Ferrell stuff, I admit, it was some of that shit was funny. Yeah, Will uh, Ferrell and John Stewart. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and Judd, Judd Nelson and Will. Yeah. Ferrell, yeah, that I mean, that was and the John Stewart thing. Like, I remember saying, "This humor is the most juvenile that he has put out. It's this potty humor, which I'm not against, but it was like, let's try everything, and nothing was landing for me this time. But I, ha- I cannot take away from the fact that when i saw this when it came out it
4: did its job did you rewatch it stoned
3: i don't smoke weed okay now here's the thing here's the thing and i want to make every everybody listening understand this when i make that, that statement i fully support the federal legalization of marijuana i think it's silly for it to be illegal i most of my friends smoke no problem I just personally have had some bad experiences. Case in point: last time I smoked weed, I was at a friend's house. He said, "You got to try this. It's some kind of... I don't know what he called it. It, was, it had some magical name, <laughs> Snoochie Boochies. You got to try it." <laughs> Took a couple hits. We come to the bar. I order a Michelob Ultra. Bartender puts the beer in front of me. My friend comes up to me. He's like, "You ready to go?" I'm like, "Ready to go." We just got here. He says, "No, Dana." You've been staring at your beer for 45 minutes. <laughs> you haven't even taken a sip. And I'm holding the bottle. And it's warm by this point. I'm like, oh, God, I, I got to go. I need some of that weed. I got to go. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 I, I say this. So to, long answer to your question is, no, I wasn't stoned.
4: I will say um, and I'll, I'll, I'll give this to the to some of these Kevin Smith movies. They're meant to be watched with an altered state of reality. I agree. I agree. This is why, when it comes to this movie, when it
3: comes to the recommendation part, I'm mixed on this. Yeah, I'm mixed. Most kids, kids, most people between the ages of sixteen and thirty are going to find this absolutely hilarious, even twenty years
4: later. Well, here and I get I get the easy out on this one because I liked the reboot this one is required watching so it gets my recommendation okay all right all right fair enough so overall I mean the, you know I, I, I said my recommendation
3: like it, it it's it's a mild recommendation the movie's not for me anymore so, I would agree so,
4: well I, yeah I in the Canon you have to watch it yeah um, but there's a disclaimer going into it I agree I agree so that's going to bring us to
3: 2004. Okay, he's taken a, a three-year hiatus. He's doing his own thing. You know, he's uh, Kevin Smith is doing the Comic Con appearances. He's doing his <clears throat> night. You know, he's doing his one-man show and all that <clears throat> stuff. Which I've never been to one. I really
4: would love to oh, go to I'd one of those. He's a, he. Uh, this, you know, say what you want. Hell of a storyteller. And, and half the stuff that he's talking, literally, I get the impression that he just goes up there and just talks. Mm just talks. He literally starts his nights his off shit. with, or who's got
3: the first question? Yeah. And they ask a question, and then that's the evening with Kevin Smith. And I, I'll tell you, I am mesmerized by some of the stories he tells. Yeah. The story he tells about working with John Peters, about <laughs> developing the Superman Lives script, is just, it's hilarious. And, of wow. course, you know, we'll get to Bruce Willis here in a little bit. Yes. Which, you know, that's a whole other <laughs> situation <laughs> once again kevin smith is going to work with miramax films in 2004 okay he is going to get a 35 million dollar budget and he's going to write a movie called jersey girl and this movie is going to star ben affleck and Liv tyler it's going to have a brief appearance by jennifer lopez and this was during the time of Benifer. yeah when uh ben affleck and
4: wait was this before or after geely
3: uh, I, ooh, you know, that's a great question. I'm, you know, I'm gonna look that up in real time here because, can I tell you, I've never seen Geely. Really? I, I just, I've never it, wanted to. Well, it goes in. Yeah. Let me just see here, just for a second, a
4: filmography of all my Kevin Smith movies, and I, I told you this. I, you know, I rewatched damn near every single one of them, and I had told you like I can't redo Jersey Girl. This is
3: after. Gilly. This is this is a year after Geely. Okay, Gilly is two thousand and three. So this is Geely two. So this is G. This is G- <laughs> uh, Jersey Girl is. I don't even know how, how you. It's a comedy drama, if you will. Um, out of canon. Out of canon. Not part of the USQ universe because I think at this point he's thinking I'm getting out of that. I right. Mean, I did my swan song with Jane Silent Bob. Yep. Strike back. Now I want to. I, I hate to use this term. Now, I want to be a real filmmaker because he is a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. He's a successful filmmaker. But this is him trying to break into the, the, the more mainstream. Put the, you know, fart and dick jokes behind you and move into and, drama. And this is a time. All right. 2004 is a time when you can get a movie made for thirty five million dollars with some star power mm-hmm. in it. I mean, I'm sure Affleck did him a favor. You know, I'm sure he didn't command his Let's 15, this 20 million dollar picture.
4: His fourth. Ben Affleck's fourth. Yeah, appearance.
3: I mean Affleck makes it. A, yeah, he's in um, he's in Mallrats. He's in Chasing Amy. He's the he, he's in Dogma. Jude he's, Law of Kevin yeah, Smith yeah. movies. <laughs> so
4: you didn't rewatch this movie? Nope. Neither did I. Didn't need to. I literally put an asterisk next to this on my list, and I just went. I saw it. It's check the box. It's not my least favorite. Oh,
3: it's not my least favorite. It's I think it's infinitely more watchable than a couple movies that we'll talk about a little later on. (laughs) Well, that's I mean, if I was forced to watch one of you you have to watch. Yeah. If I'm on a plane and I've got to watch it. Mm. Yeah. There's two movies on on the uh, as an option to watch. One is Yoga Hosers. One is Jersey Girl. (laughs) I'm going to watch Jersey Girl. No, I mean, you know, spoilers for my thoughts moving up. The movie is what it is. You know, it's it's not engaging. Nope um it's not dramatic not dramatic and it's not really it's funny not funny it's not funny so it's an know?
4: art house movie that didn't
3: come from an art house no it was it was kevin uh, smith straying from the formula that works for him he you know, he wasn't being kevin smith this is rated right pg13 yeah
4: this is the, this is well and here's you know and i i know kevin smith has said this on multiple occasions about people tearing down work i can't tell you how many meetings i've been in where my spreadsheets just weren't ready i gave terrible proposals i went into a move you know i I went into a a meeting one time just completely unprepared and blew like a 20 million dollar project and that's how i kind of feel about this just it just didn't land no so Um, And everybody's got those. You're not everything you put out is not gold, Um, and that's about the best I can say of Jersey Girl. So Jersey Girls is is not a successful movie, not financially
3: successful at all. It doesn't even make its budget back. What was the rating? I mean, I know depends on which.
4: It it depends. Let me
3: just pull it up here on my notes here. So Rotten
4: Tomatoes or critic score.
3: I mean, right now it's as of today, it's sitting at a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the critical consensus is that it's a surprisingly conventional romantic romantic comedy from Kevin Smith. Jersey Girl is warm, but it's often overly sentimental. So he wasn't happy, and this this was a source of contention for him. And yeah. It didn't do well. So he uh, he's going to have to go back to the well. He has to reset himself a few times, yep. and he's going to do it in 2006. He's going to secure a $5 million budget To not only return to the View Askew universe, but to do a direct sequel to his first film, Clerks 2. So this is going to come out 12 years after the original. And I will tell you this, Jason. I ran to the theater to see this one. I couldn't wait to see this movie. And I can tell you unequivocally, even watching it again a couple days ago, I love this movie. Yeah i i love it it's it is it's top three kevin smith film for me
4: it is and it's it's difficult to say this i think up until this point um this is the raunchiest one yes there were i still remember this watching it in the theaters I remember looking behind me like, is someone going to come and stop this? <laughs> With the, I mean, when you get into the donkey? Yes. <laughs> like, oh my, like you can, we're, we're all going to watch this, right? Like I felt like I was in a triple X theater for a good 10 minutes.
3: That's the one part of the movie that I find might have been almost unnecessary uh, <laughs> because you still, you had me, you had me the entire yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, once again, Randall. Comes out of the gate swinging, huh. and there were there were multiple spit takes with my soda in the theater <laughs> with some of the shit that he said, some of the stuff that came out of oh his mouth. Oh, God, yeah, but, but but I also laughed at the like little things, like his comparison of the two trilogies, like yes, like, again, Randall, Kevin Smith gets to live vicariously through Randall. Yeah. Randall gets to say all the things that Kevin Smith for good or for bad is, is thinking
4: about fucking love that. I mean, when he's getting up there and he gets the guy to throw up, just, yeah. talking about, just, yeah, just let, let me, let me show you the third Lord of the Rings. And he, he just walks, walks around the store and just like drops the ring.
3: <laughs> he talks about <laughs> how the movie ends 27 times. You, yeah. know? It's, uh, you can be, you can say anything you want about Jesus, but don't say anything about the rings. <laughs> leave Jesus, leave the rings out of this. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but I again, loved Clerks too, and Rosaria Dawson is just charming in yeah. this movie. I mean, she's charming, and no. then Kevin Smith has a little fun. The dance number, you know yeah. what?
4: It worked for me in this one. It worked for me. The one thing I didn't like in this movie is, and spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it, the pregnancy. I did not appreciate that. I thought that the that the the bond between the two of them, um, Dante. And Her was enough to drag to keep not drag him there,
3: keep him there. I can agree with you on that. I and can, I, you know, what looking back on it, I didn't really think about it in that that capacity, but I can definitely
4: agree with yeah, you. Yeah, because that. he was almost, I mean, between what Randall was telling him and what she was telling him, it he was literally ready to stay, and it was like, Oh, and by the way, I'm having a baby. It's yeah. like, Ah, come on.
3: So I didn't like that. This brings us back. You know, obviously Jay and Simon Bob are back and, and their introduction this time, <laughs> they get out of rehab and they found Jesus.
2: And <laughs> you know, sometimes I wish I did a little more of my life instead of hanging out in front of places, selling weed and shit, like maybe be an animal doctor. Why not me? I like seals and shit or maybe an astronaut. Yeah. Be the first motherfucker to see a new galaxy, or find a new alien life form, and fuck it. And people be like, "There he goes, homeboy. fucked the Martian once." Holy shit! Our first customer since our triumph return. That cool? Huh? Yeah, you guys holding? Shit, everything but cocaine in and your cock. What? How about a nickel bag, now? Oh, 15 bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. Nong, nong, nangananganong, nong, 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 nong. He likes to sing. So, uh, I haven't seen you guys in a while, man. Where you been all this time? Me and San Pao finally bought a car. We're cruising down to the boardwalk. A fucking Middletown cop pulls us over for suspicion of mischief. What the fuck does that mean? We were driving around with a deployed airbag. The cops pull us over, they find two pounds of Jamaican lamb's wool. Prosecutor wants to put us away for a dime, but the judge gives us rehab instead. Shit, rehab? Yep, yep. How long were you in? Six months, sir. We got six months and two days on the wagon as a good friend of Bill W's. Check it out. Just got it two days ago before we got out. Yeah, but if you're holding all the time, aren't you going to be tempted to get high? Oh, not with the power of Christ on my side, sir. Is that a fucking Bible? Hey, hey, the holy fucking Bible, son. What the fuck kind of songbird Jesus freak dealers you bring me to? I like them, man. They're funny. They're fucking stupid. You should read your Bible, sirs. You'll find all types of weird shit in there. Like, Did you know Jesus was a Jew? Yeah. It's just,
3: I mean, Jason Jason Lee's cameo in that and Pickle Fucker. Pickle Fucker. <laughs> just, and they're like, they're like, nobody remembers that. And he gives the food to Jay. And he's like, thanks, Pickle Fucker. <laughs> it's just, it's, so obviously, you know, as of recording this, you know, he has finished Filming Clerks Three, which is set to come out later this I year, cannot wait for We're it. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, his release strategy, at least how he's been releasing movies over the past like four or five years. And I'm hopeful that he's not going to use this release strategy, but we'll put a pin in that. Uh, Clerks Two is. Uh, like the original clerks like chasing Amy like Dogma is the strongest of recommendations this is yep. this is a great Love movie it. make sure you at least watch the first clerks before you watch this if you oh, yeah, yeah absolutely you know if you're gonna watch you know Kevin Smith movies out of order you have to watch the first clerks movie. so yep. and clerks 2 is made on a five million dollar budget brings in 27 million successful this is sort of the last bastion of home video can make an impact 2005. Uh, excuse me right. 2006 it can make an impact yeah um a couple years down the road blockbuster is going to fall off a cliff but so yeah. 27 at the box office probably another 2030 in home video rentals that's being conservative uh then we're gonna we're gonna flash forward a couple years and we are once again kevin smith is going to be working with miramax this time they're going to give him twenty-four million dollar budget for, and I, I want to emphasize: every movie we've talked about has not only been directed by Kevin Smith, as also they've all been written by Kevin written Smith by, as well. Yep. So, the, and that's going to come up here in, in just a minute. So he is—he's—he's uh, he's written another movie. This one is uh, Zach and Mary make a porno. <laughs> this one's going to star Seth Rogen, Elizabeth Banks, Craig Robinson, Jason Mewes, Tracy Lords, Jeff Anderson, Katie Morgan. Okay, Katie Morgan, Tracy Lords are adult film, film stars. stars. Yes, yeah, sorry, adult film stars.
4: And this one I didn't see in the theater. I did not I I did not see this one until 2 weeks ago. I did not know. This one this one this one escaped me. Well, and I'll I'll say this, I didn't too. even
3: know this was a Kevin Smith movie until the credits rolled. Neither did
4: I. Well, I no, I knew it was a Kevin Smith movie because I was looking up Kevin Smith movies just to make sure I was I had seen all of his, his works and I remember thinking that's Kevin Smith. So I, you know, I pulled it up and looked at some of the reviews and remember seeing some of the quotes from Kevin Smith, like one of his complaints on it was it was not marketed. It was, it was literally people, the word porno being in the movie, everybody just went, well, we're not going to, how in the hell are we going to market that? Let's just see if it's an indie darling and take it from there. This is coming out
3: after Forty Year Old Virgin, after Knocked Up. Okay, so this is Seth Rogen at the height of Seth Rogen. Yeah. Okay, so I didn't correlate the fact that this was a Kevin Smith film. I just figured this was maybe it was part of the Judd Apatow, you know, universe production. I just assumed that's that's what it was. I didn't see this in the theater. I did ultimately end up renting it, and then I think it was upon renting it, I was like, "Holy shit, this is Kevin Smith film!" And then it just it took. 10 minutes of the movie to realize yeah this is definitely a Kevin Smith film. Yeah. Um here's my thoughts on this movie. I uh, I think it starts off really strong. I think the first 20 30 minutes of the film are really good, really funny and then I think it kind of falls off a cliff for me. That's that's my take it, on the film. Yeah,
4: it loses me in act 3. <laughs> the first the first half of the movie you know act one and halfway through act two just great i um, mean justin long
3: that entire scene with justin long is he's so perfect and, and the that thing is in is brandon ralph he's, got brandon, he's yeah. got brandon ralph in there and it's just so granny pennies you know it's like it's just, oh my
4: god i'm talking to granny i thought i was famous it's, you know? it's not just <laughs> it's 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 his voice i mean just Hi, hi, but he's <laughs> is but, that is is that granny panties? Yes, I'm like, telling you, that's so good, and and, and it's it's uh,
3: this is right on the cusp of of what viral videos were being, and Kevin yeah. Smith's a little ahead of the curve. He's like he's like, oh my god, you're trending, you're granny panties, you're <laughs> trending right now. I'm like, I've got to get a picture with you. Like it's just and and Elizabeth Banks is so charming in this movie. Yeah. I love I love her. I think she's she's very vulnerable in this movie as far as as an actress, like the things she's doing in this film. And I, and I, I really like that. And well, Seth, and Seth Rogen literally has one personality and that is Seth
4: Rogen. Yeah. And, know, and, and it works. You know, he's got, he's got some great outtakes in this one. And, um, this, the second time him and Elizabeth Banks have sex after the 40 year old virgin yeah. where he just hops in the tub with her. It's just, it's a sweet movie under the guise of a porno. Correct. Um, there, I mean, the, there were a lot of very – I keep using the word raunchy, but I would say um, adult scenes in this. Yeah. Um, a lot of like, all right, well, let's just – let's go ahead and get through the anal shot on this one, and then we'll move into you're giving this and doing that. And um, I enjoyed this movie up until – that last little bit. Yeah. Like I said, it um, the last 20 off. minutes really. Yeah.
3: It definitely falls off a, a, a clip for me. I am in the movie. It was made for a $24 million budget, brought in 42 million. So successful. Didn't have much of a life on home video. Yeah. I um, imagine. I'm going to put this in the mild, mild recommend because it's worth it for, like you said, I say the first 30 minutes, you say the first half to me, it's if it's available on you know one of your streaming platforms for free, it's, oh, it's absolutely it's, it's worth a watch. But be warned, it's a Kevin Smith film, yeah. And, and, and the title to, should tell you everything you need to know, it's definitely
4: raunchy. And someone is going to get shit all over their face, yes. So, yes, um, yeah. So, we're gonna talk about another
3: movie that I did not feel the urge to rewatch, mm. okay i did see it in the theater i knew it was a kevin smith film but not written by kevin smith this is his first sort of for hire gig you know he's he's not working with miramax this time he's he's hired by warner brothers all right they're doing a big action buddy cop action comedy it's starring tracy morgan and bruce willis and the most interesting thing about this movie is the behind the scenes stories that Kevin Smith tells yes later on. Yeah. They met uh, Kevin Smith and Bruce Willis met on the set of die hard live free or die hard. Yep. And he's got a great story about this and, and uh, from all accounts. And I say this well, knowing the situation that Bruce Willis is in right now. So, but according to Kevin Smith, this was a, a nightmare production. And the nightmare was Bruce Willis that yeah. he was just couldn't be bothered to do anything. Yeah, he was, he was very, very difficult to work with. And again, I, I, I stress, I'm aware of the situation that he's going through right Which now.
4: starts to explain. And I think yeah. I've even seen it on Twitter, Kevin Smith saying the same thing. Yeah. Like, I, if I had known that, you know, this, this wasn't like a quick, like, oh, it just happened. No. It's, it's been, been built to it. Yeah. It's been
3: developing. And, 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 you know, it's, you know, a, aphasia, if I'm saying that correctly, is, is, it's brain damage it could be caused via stroke a head trauma yeah i mean he could have been doing a stunt and banged his head in 2006 and this could have just slowly started so so you know and it's it's interesting to see kevin smith's kind of kind of try to walk back some of the the comments and stories that he's made yeah but they're still very interesting stories to hear because you hear about the relationship that kevin smith had with bruce Willis on the set of live free and die hard and he said Bruce was just the greatest guy ever. Yeah, he's cook. He's got a chef cooking food, and they're eating tasty cake, and they're having
4: they're having a, a blast. Um, that kind of leads into what Bruce Willis has done over the last eight years. Maybe
3: I mean, he's done twenty movies in the past two and a half years. Yeah, so where
4: you know, reading some of the stuff that I've seen lately, yeah. it's like he's on set for two days. He's he, getting fed his lines through he, his through an earwig, ear, earpiece it, yeah. and. I mean, God bless him. When he when he delivers those lines, he's great. Yeah. So, you know, this might be the beginning of. You know,
3: it's so interesting because just a, like a month ago, Red Letter Media put out a whole, you know, hour long video devoted to the 20 plus movies that Bruce Willis has, has put out. And, you know, they're incredibly critical oh, really? of, of him. But they didn't know. You know, nobody knew. Nobody knew. And I watched it and they're they're really picking apart all of those movies and, and well, they're sure. But the big question they're asking is why, why, you know, you're Bruce Willis, you're a great actor. You've done some amazing yeah. things. So, I mean, the whole situation is quite sad, but talking about this movie, this is not a good movie.
4: I you, like, you like it. it? No. <laughs> I do. Um, and I'll tell you why. So, The you kind of, I really want that relationship between Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis to be more. Which I think, if those two had connected on a different level, this would be like you know, the last Boy Scout. Yeah. Um, Tracy Morgan carries this movie, and Sean William Scott, um, the cat burglar, he's good, (laughs) he's good in this movie, and to this day, still one of the best gifts out there of Tracy Morgan when Sean William Scott's doing the knock-knock joke from the back seat, and he's like, knock-knock. <laughs> and t- Tracy Morgan's like, no, 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 no. I mean, I think I think this is a Tracy Morgan movie, not a Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> I'd laugh the whole time. I, re- I mean, I know – it doesn't say much, but um I really appreciated that movie.
3: I'm gonna give this one a, a not recommend, <laughs> but I, I think you're clearly giving it a if, a mild
4: recommendation. If you like if you like Tracy Morgan's humor and you like irreverent buddy comedies, um this is for you. Okay. And it's not an action movie, it's not a dialogue driven movie, there's not gonna be a twist ending, it's just it's a it's a good Tracy Morgan movie. Okay. And I appreciate it. All right. So, that's going to bring us to... Oh, dear God. We're there, aren't we?
3: 2011. Okay. This is... This is the first movie that... This is this is from Kevin Smith's production company. He named it after the Weinstein. So he, he literally named it the Harvey Boys. Harvey Boys, yeah. And this is a film that... Is going to be distributed through Smodcast Pictures. Now, this is what I talk about as far as his theatrical distribution, at least in the United States. Yeah, is he is distributing the movie himself, showings of it all over the country. Lionsgate would pick up the home video rights to it, but every pretty much subsequently every Kevin Smith film from this point on is is, is being released via this format. Uh, Jane, the the reboot, Jane's Island, About the Reboot, yep. uh, Tusk, Yoga Hosers, they are all just. ...being released how he sees fit. Which is good. I guess he's got control over it. Yeah. But guess what? Movies never fucking came here. (laughs) Okay? And Clerks 3 is high on my radar. Yeah. Uh, It's so high on my radar that I'm not going to watch a trailer for it. I don't want any jokes to be spoiled. Really? So, but I'm hoping that okay. I'm hoping that a Lionsgate or or, or some theatrical company is going to look at this as Harry. Right, this is this Clerks has got a big following. That being said, this movie features performances by John Goodman, <clears throat> Melissa Leo, Marco, Michael Parks, Kevin Pollak, Stephen Root. This is not a comedy by any stretch of the imagination. The movie I'm talking about, of course, is Red State, which is uh, loosely based on. Or at least draws inspiration from the Westboro Baptist Church with Michael Parks
4: playing uh, the pastor, Aben Cooper. Um, Which they even mention Westboro. They in do there. mention Westboro in the movie, yeah. Westboro uh, being one of the worst groups on the face of the planet. And still going. Yes. Um,
3: the plot of this movie is, you know, I want to keep this a little bit delicate, but basically <sighs> it is this religious cult. I think there's no other way to define them. Um, uh, Evangelical religious cult, Christian religious cult, um, who lure young teenage boys uh, with the promise of sex with prostitutes or, you know, eager women. Yep. uh, And then execute them. Yep. Uh, In front of children. In in front of. Well, no, no, they do bring. They do. They they do tell the children to leave the room. but. He, the the pastor Cooper will give a sermon and then seemingly execute the uh, the deviants, mm-hmm. if you will. Um something goes wrong, this that. Next thing you know, it turns into a hostage standout a hostage standoff with John Goodman playing the lead FBI agent and uh, Kevin Pollock his his partner, and it becomes sort of a it's kind of like a horror thriller film. I was really anxious for you to see this movie, and you were having a hell of a time finding this.
4: Uh, yeah, it was nearly impossible to find. Yes. Um, Thank you, Apollo TV. Yes. Believe it at that. Well, well done, Apollo TV. Because I, 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 when a, we've done these podcasts before, a lot of times I'll, I'll either buy one of the movies that I need to watch or rent it. And this is one of the few times where I went, all right, I can't find Dogma. That's ridiculous. Where in the hell is Red State? Because I had not only had I not seen it, I had never heard of it until you mentioned it. Um, this is
3: the least Kevin Smith film of his entire collection,
4: I think. Yeah, I would have put this closer to um, a. I don't even know if call it a thriller. It's more of a shock horror, yeah, gory movie. I felt like I needed a shower afterwards. It was disturbing on so many levels. Yes. The not just the terrible cult side but the government side Ugh. I mean even the protagonists were just disgusting. Oh. There there was not one likable character in this whole movie. I got done with it and I just I was shaking my head like how is how, how can you make this movie? Um, it, I would have preferred it been a more condemnation of the Westboro Baptist Church than this side cult. Ugh. Yeah, I feel like Carrie Bish, you know, she was a
3: Cheyenne Cooper, uh, Sarah Kale's daughter, and Ava Cooper's granddaughter. I Feel like she was supposed to be the 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 one character that's the one
4: i i feel like possibly yeah then you you're kind of rooting for those two like okay we're gonna get out let's hide the kids in the attic and let's get out and then the fbi just yeah well we got an order just go ahead and take everybody out no survivors like what did you the
3: fuck what did you think of michael parks oh my god that that sermon he gives that single take
4: sermon that he gives just, I mean, Michael Parks, I, I will say I, I didn't see a lot of his previous movies to basically kill Bill. Right. Um, but since then, what an amazing actor. Yeah. He did such a great job. He, he made me hate him. <laughs> he, <laughs> I
3: mean, he came on my radar in From Dust Till Dawn. Yes, the beginning scene. Yeah, you know, he plays the one of the Texas you know, sheriffs or something. That's 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 the best part of that movie. I'm sorry, that
4: opening <laughs> ten minutes in the liquor store. Yeah, Wally's World of Liquor, whatever it's called. Yeah, he did he did an amazing job. I mean, even in, every, every, I don't think he's done. He hasn't taken a role, and the well, well, he's passed. He's away. passed yeah. away. But he hasn't taken a role since the you know late '90s that he has not just enveloped the entire persona. I'm his uh his
3: last his last credited film was the queen of hollywood boulevard um and he was also in Bloodfather, which is the uh, mel gibson mm. movie you know he he he's he's terrific he's good in everything i've ever seen him like i said he came on my radar and uh and then of course in kill bill yeah, you know, he's he's just terrific. So I guess the question becomes I, I'm recommending Red State. And the reason why I'm recommending it uh, as, as part of this Kevin Smith discussion is because it is so unbelievably not Kevin Smith. And I know he tried to do that with Jersey Girl, but I need to know for me. It's important to know where his head was at when he was writing this film. Yeah. And, and I think it's an interesting case study into who is he? Because I mean, he, you know, he obviously with dogma, he, you know, he has, he's, he's raised Catholic and all this stuff. And, and he, there's something bubbling inside of him that is very anti this type of church and very, you know, anti. This this is like shades of what happened at Waco. Like he's 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 making yeah. an indictment on on something. I haven't figured out exactly what it is to its fullest extent, but I think the movie is definitely worth a watch, but like you said, be warned. It is gritty,
4: it is raw, it's nasty. it is nasty. It yeah, I I can't I can't recommend this one. I would I would love to. I just halfway through it, I was I remember about every five minutes, I you know hit the button on my phone. I'm like, is this over yet? Oof. Like I, not not because it was boring, but because I was like, I can't. I, mean, I felt like I was watching hostile. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I was like, I, I can't do this. If if I were to recommend it for anything, it would be that it's it feels like the turning point in his directorial sphere, where we still get a couple of horror slash comedy movies later on, but. It definitely takes him out of that.
3: Red State was definitely not well received. It did premiere at Sundance. Nobody bought it. I mm. think he ended up buying the rights to it for a dollar. Like a story, I don't know the whole story. I'm paraphrasing, but he ended up buying the rights to it for a dollar because it didn't nobody nobody would touch it, and he self distributed it. Yeah, I mean, and at that point, now here's an important thing to know. At this point, he has his Smodcast podcast empire up and running. He's got revenue coming in. He's got his secret stash comic book show. He is doing a lot of for-hire projects. He's directing TV, stuff for The CW, The Flash. Right. So he's he's working. He's making money. Okay? So at this point, I feel like he's making a decision based on the not good reception of Red State
4: that he's now just going to make whatever the fuck he wants. I hope he doesn't make any more like this because... I, just, I, I think there was one point where he's talking to Steven Root, who just, I think he was underplayed. Like, I w- yeah. really would love for that character to be a little bit more. Michael Parks is talking to me. He's like, remember I got that picture of you wiping the Mexicans' feces off of your balls after you fucked him in the ass? I'm like, oh, what the fuck am I watching here? Like, this is. It's, it's wrong. It's,
0: it's
3: yeah. wrong. Yeah. It's I'm still difficult. giving it. The, I'm still giving it a recommend, but it, a, a a be warned.
4: It's a definite be warned. Be yep. warned. Be warned. Yeah. It, it, I will. I can tell you this. If um, if it says anything about Kevin Smith films, I will never forget that movie. Yeah.
3: 2014. Kevin Smith is going to write and direct a movie called Tusk. Now, the idea of Tusk, you know, the, it famously. Uh, you know, I'm just going to read here what it says, because this, this comes from a, uh, one of his podcasts, his Smodcast episodes. The idea for the film came during the recording of Smodcast episode 259, The Walrus and the Carpenter. In the episode, Smith, with his longtime friend and producer Scott Mosier discussed an article featuring a Gumtree ad where a homeowner was offering a living situation free of charge. if the lodger, If the lodger agrees to dress as a walrus... The discussion went on from there, resulting in almost an hour of the episode being spent on reconstructing and telling a hypothetical story based on that ad. Smith then told his Twitter followers to tweet hashtag walrus Yes, if they wanted to see uh, their hypothetical turned into a film or walrus. No, <laughs> if they did not, a vast majority of Smith's following agreed that the film should be made. The post on Gumtree was, in fact, a prank posted by noted Brighton poet and prankster Chris Parkinson, who, upon hearing of the planned film, said he was a big fan of Smith and that he would love to be involved.
4: This is where he's lost me. I was I really. So last time we had spoke, you had not seen this one yet. No. And I'm, I want to hear what you have to say first. So you get Justin Long as a podcaster,
3: and I'm like, oh, cool, yeah, yeah podcaster. Like, this yeah. is 2014. This is back at a time when you spent. This is back when you spent more time explaining what a podcast was. Like, and you get oh, Haley
4: Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment.
3: Yeah. Oh, and I was like, okay, you know, all right, you know, I'm on board. All right. So they're, you know, they're, they're like <sighs> these conspiracy. you know, they, these these podcasts. <laughs> The opening of the movie had me laughing. You it know, did. the kid, you know, uh, you know, they're they're going after viral <laughs> videos, and you know, the, the people like the people like, and the, the, the you know the kid the kid cuts his, like, cuts his makeup, like, like I admit, like I was laughing. I was, I like, was like, all right, too. All right, all right, this is this is. I'm on board with this. The man, <laughs> when he gets to Michael Park's house, oh, and I guess I kept watching. Because I was curious. I was curious how far he was going to take it. How far are you going to go with this? And I said to myself, interestingly This enough, is
4: before yoga hosers when you, yes, you yes, yeah, realize yeah, yeah, yeah. how far he's going to go.
3: I said to myself, well, watching this movie, well, I've seen Red State, so I know how far he's prepared to go. <laughs> and there was. You know, forty-five minutes in the movie, I just—I I, want to turn it off. I was like, I'm—I'm I'm not. This is—this isn't me. This isn't working. And I love Michael Parks, but this is—this isn't, isn't working. And but I—I I, I stuck it out. I—I I stuck it out because I wanted to see how this was going to end.
4: And you got Johnny Depp's in the movie, and—and and it's just. This is the one movie I could say Johnny Depp saved it
3: when he was on screen. It was interesting. And I think he, from what I understand, he worked for like next to nothing on this. The Kevin Smith's, their kids went to the same school or yeah. something like that. And, um, but.
2: whoo. Um,
4: so I'm, I'm. Yeah, go ahead. No, please. I'm, what, I'm, where are your I'm thoughts much on? like you. I loved the first half of it. I loved Justin Long. Yeah. And his, I mean, even up until his, his meeting with Michael Parks, the the banter back and forth between those two was amazing. Um, after that, it was, so I was watching this at night and my son came downstairs. He's like, I can't sleep. Why is someone screaming constantly for the last 30 minutes? That's all you get. Mm -hmm. Just Justin Long screaming and it's unsettling. Um, I was hoping that there was going to be some other resolution than there was to it, but no, there wasn't. Um, I think personally that this would have been an amazing short story, an amazing short movie. This could have been done over 45 minutes.
3: This is something he could have just made and put on YouTube or put on his website and sold for five bucks a, a, a
4: viewing or something. Yep. I mean, like in a short story. In a short, yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. If um, you watch it, you will not be able to unwatch it.
3: No, no. And it definitely uh, dies of. yeah, oh. <laughs> So I'm going to go ahead and say this one's a not recommend for me. And like I said, the only reason I watched it, because I, it, you know, and I guess to the credit of the film,
4: <laughs> I was curious about how far this was going to go. Yeah. I was like, okay, all, all, well, like, it's go okay. Yeah. Um, I will say I recommend it only because there is no way you can go into this without knowing, without seeing a preview. There's no way you can go into this and see what the ending is Correct. going to be. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that.
3: So I guess with Tusk, he was trying to create a new universe, yes, if you will, because we get a spinoff movie two years later. Yep, with the uh, with the with the Colleens, if you will, the Colleens, the uh, Lily Rose Depp and Harley Quinn Smith, and of course we get the return of Gila Point. Gila Point. So Tusk's a masterpiece compared to Yoga Hosers, if that's my way of saying it. Let me just put it this way. Yoga Hosers had a $5 million budget. Tusk, did it Tusk really? Tusk had a $3 million budget. Tusk made $1.8 This movie made $38,000. Um, And I did not know those numbers when I went into watching it. So it wasn't like my... My view of it had been skewed from from knowing that because well, this I was a self distributed film.
4: I will say they made thirty eight thousand and five dollars because I purchased this for four ninety nine. Okay, you bought this movie. I bought this movie. Uh, I looked it up and I was like, four ninety nine for a Kevin Smith movie? Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and, and buy that. Another one that Johnny Depp is the star in. hmm Yep. Yeah. Um when he's in it. No. This is not a good movie. No. No, um, I don't know why this movie was made. It was made, okay, okay. No, part of the trilogy, the the, the new trilogy. Yeah, yeah. But
3: this is, and, and I I can re- appreciate and respect why this film was made because it has his daughter in it, right? And this is a, this is a movie for for his daughter and for his, her best friend Lily Rose yeah. Depp. And you know what? I don't have children, but if my, I imagine if I did have kids and I had the, the, the ability and the power to, to put them in a movie, if they wanted to make a movie, I would do whatever I could to make that movie. So I respect that. But
4: respect when someone it. was to say, all right, here's what we're going to have. Sauerkraut Nazi child's play demon babies yeah. that crawl in your butt and come out your mouth. Yep. yep. That's when you go... I think we could figure out another way to do this. We could make
3: a conventional comedy.
4: Yeah, we could probably do that.
3: Uh, this one's a big pass for me. This it's, one is a, if we hadn't agreed to do this conversation, I would have probably never watched a, it. Never appealed to me. The the trailer that said so I saw this looks does not look good. No. I'm trying to be as, as nice as I can. Like yeah, this does not look good.
4: It's a pass. Uh, it's, a, it's a hard pass. I will say the Colleens did good and Gila Point did good. Yeah. Um, the rest of the story is just it's done
3: it's gonna come uh, it's gonna bring us to our last movie and i'm gonna actually defer to you on this one only because you didn't I, like I made, it i made 20 minutes into it <gasps> and i said i can't do
0: this what
4: you didn't finish the I movie I finish it oh
3: of course i'm talking on. about jane silent bob reboot now what happens is I watched this after revisiting *Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back*, okay, and going, "Oh no, I can't do this." And then, and you know, listeners probably be like, "Well, you should have finished the movie." I, I, I wasn't in the, I guess I wasn't in the right mindset because I found it to be, the pacing to be identical to what was I was seeing in *Jay, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back*. I said, "Oh no, he's just doing this all over again." Well, and
4: they explain at the beginning, yes. like it's a reboot. It's a reboot. It's not a it's not a sequel, and they I mean, literally what you and I have talked about before, like Hollywood's not making anything original. No,
3: anymore. no, no, no. Neither's Kevin Smith. <laughs> so uh, well, at least, you know, I guess we should credit Kevin Smith for making Tusk and Yoga hosers. You know, he you know,
4: that's that's original. Um, it's extremely so, original. So if you only made it 20 minutes in, you missed everyone making fun of Kevin Smith for being an unoriginal bastard. I got through the court scene, I got to all
3: right, I'm gonna I'll, I'll, I'm gonna rewatch it. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna finish it.
4: So here's what you this get. Doesn't look,
3: good. It, ah. not, it didn't grab me, I said, I'm gonna give it 20, 30 minutes. If I'm yes. not feeling it, I'm out.
4: So of course, um, well now I can't now I, can, I can't tell you how it goes because there's spoil spoilers. No,
3: you can spoil it okay. for me.
4: So um, did you make it to when he goes and visits Elizabeth Shannon? No, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got to that part. Okay,
3: and that's when I was just like, I'm done.
4: So you know, he's justice. Gotta, yeah. So. Um, He's got a daughter. This is this is uh, Jay. Jay has a daughter. They go on again a quest to Hollywood to stop the reboot, the reboot uh, and happening, God. which is the exact same thing as the first one. However, along the way, all of the previous movies get some sort of resolution to them. You get really you get Matt Damon coming back as Loki as really? an aside. Who says what, you know, what happens to him? Like, did he get into heaven? Did he not get into heaven? Okay, stop, stop. All right, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to actually have you stop. Okay. So basically what you're saying is I, I, I should have made it to
3: at least the part where they go on the road. Yes. And I couldn't. And I'm going to admit, all right, all right. Next time we record, I'll, I'll give you a follow-up. Because okay. as soon as you said, did he get
4: to heaven or not? I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to know that. So, so you, get a, you, get a, you get a resolution to a couple other view askew movies as well. Interesting. Um, Which is why when I was watching it, I'm like, I, I went into it the, the same mentality. Like, I just rewatched Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Just, uh, we've been talking about reboots and requels and all this stuff. Yeah. And yeah. this is the exact same thing. Mm. But it's not. It's a little bit different. And it plays on, a lot of the later stuff plays on. Uh, the first Jay and Silent Bob or the first Blunt Man and Chronic like you get Jason Biggs and James Vanderbeek back just going like that movie was so fucking terrible <laughs> okay
3: alright so let me ask you this I will say this because I'm I'm intrigued and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna I, I know exactly where I left off but I'm just gonna pick it back right, up from yeah. there that being said is this a recommend in his, a, in his catalog it
4: actually is a very highly recommend for me OK, um, because it's a to me, if where Kevin James, uh, sorry, I, I say Kevin James because in the movie, Jay and Silent Bob keep calling him Kevin James okay. the entire time. <laughs> like fucking Kevin James, where Kevin Smith is going. I think this book ends the Jay and Silent Bob. I know we're going to have Clerks 3, right. but questions from all the other movies are taken care of right here.
3: Interesting.
4: Um. So it's a high. It's a very high recommend for me.
3: Okay. Well, you sold me. You yeah. sold me. You sold me on that. Okay. Well, uh, you know, here's my hope. Here's my hope for Clerks Three, which is, should be interesting because I feel like you know we're 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 growing up with these characters. So yeah, you know we're going to be. It comes out in 2022, so we're 28 years removed from when the first film came out. I'm going to be curious to see what. Dante and randall are doing be curious to see what jay and silent bob will be doing i'll be curious to see what the plot of the movie is where they're working yeah the whole i've I've seen some some production stills and there's the quick stop and rst video in in some production stills. so i don't know much more than that but i'm very hopeful for this movie
4: yeah no i think um it'll be interesting and i think um you know seeing the i think I'm trying to remember they they kind of all blend together no it was it was the reboot where rst video has gone and it's cocksmokers. smokers yeah yeah i did see that the but there's yeah. a red box right, yeah. <laughs> right outside i love that oh that awesome all right well jason thanks man thanks for doing this yeah no i'm happy to do it i wasn't even be- supposed to be here today <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's exactly
4: it that's
3: exactly <laughs> it
4: uh <sighs> do you have any toilet paper you know Oh, that's, real, that's
3: That's you know, that's real soft stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm going to go home and watch Happy Scrappy Hero Pop, so. <laughs> <laughs> But no, listen, the next next long-form discussion, you get to pick the, you know, yes. you gave me a suggestion. I, I came back with, how about Kevin Smith? So you get to pick the next one. So. Awesome. Awesome. All right, man. Listen, thanks for doing this. And we'll definitely talk soon, okay? Very good. All thanks, right. Man. For everybody listening, my name is Dana Buckler. And thank you so much for listening.
2: Uh, look who it is, the fucking human vacuum.
0: Scumbag, what are you doing?
2: Not just say I with Bob and his cousin.
0: He's your cousin?
2: Yeah, and he's from Russia too.
0: No way. What part of Russia?
2: Oh fucking no, don't I look like his fucking biographer. Olaf, oh, what part of Russia are you from? Moscow.
0: He only speaks Russian?
2: Nah, he speaks some English, but he cannot speak it good like we do.
0: Is he staying here?
2: Nah, he's moving to the big city this week. He wants to be a metal singer. No way. I swear, Olaf metal. That's his fucking metal face. Olaf, girl, nice. Scarlet neck. That's fucked up, man.
0: What did he say?
2: I don't know, man, but this guy's a character.
0: He really wants to play metal?
2: Yeah, he's got his own band in Moscow. It's called Fuck Your Yankee Blue Jeans or something like that.
0: That doesn't sound metal. You
2: gotta hear him sing Olaf, berserker. Come on, man, berserker. Does he sing in English or Russian? In English. Come on, berserker. Girls think sexy. Ah. I'll watch, but he's going to sing and watch, it's too funny. My love for you is like a truck balzacca.
0: Would you like some making fuck balzacca? <laughs> That's
2: fucking funny, man.
0: Did he say making fuck?